This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. In alhamdulillah ta'ala, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina may yahdihillahu falamudillala wa may yudlil falahadiyala wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika la wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh ya ayyuhalladhina amanu takullaha haqqa tuqati wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتي الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد i start off by thanking allah for blessing us with the hidayah and the guidance and the tawfiq and opportunity to come and worship him here today. My brothers and sisters, we know that dua is one of the greatest acts of worship that we can perform. However, dua is also one of the biggest blessings that Allah has bestowed upon us in this dunya. The fact that we can call upon Allah and have a, a, a direct conversation with Him any time that we need to ask Him to help us, to ask for His guidance, to ask for His forgiveness, to ask for His strength against our weaknesses and insecurities, to ask Him whatever we want and to Him belongs everything that is in the heavens and the earth. This is a great, great blessing. something which many of us have become accustomed to. One of the greatest ways for us to increase our iman is for us to look at the du'as in the Qur'an and the du'as in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to understand them, to memorize them, to comprehend them, and then to worship Allah by using these du'as. And we learn this throughout the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. A dua that I'd like to take and focus on, and just spend a few thoughts pondering over, is a dua which every single one of us is familiar with, and that is where Allah quotes the believers in Surah Baqarah, saying, "Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fi al-akhirati hasana, wa kina adab al-nar." O oh, our Lord, give us goodness in this life and give us goodness in the next life and protect us from the fire of hell. A dua which we have all heard before. Subhanallah, this dua 
Not only do we find it in the Quran, not only is Allah praising the people that make this dua in Surah Baqarah, we find it had a great impact on the Prophet Wasallam's personal ibadah, his personal relationship with Allah. This dua had a great impact on that. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we learn this in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. Where the noble companion Anas ibn Malik, he tells us, كَانَ مِنْ أَكْثَرِ دُعَاءِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That this was from the most frequent du'as of the Prophet. The most frequent du'as that he would use. And when the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, when they saw the impact that this du'a had on the Prophet ﷺ, they too were heavily affected by this. Up until this companion that narrates this, Anas ibn Malik, every time he would make du'a, he would make this du'a part of it. Anytime he's asking Allah for something, he would say this du'a. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَكِنَا أَذَابَ النَّارِ and anytime somebody would ask him to come and make dua for them, he would make this dua for them. And he would say, if Allah accepts this dua, then he has given you goodness in all of its forms, in this life and the next. <clears throat> so inshallah, today we have a dua with us that we're going to be pondering and reflecting over. And we can walk away from this khutbah and we have a tool that we could use an instrument that we can use to gain closer to Allah, to strengthen our relationship with Him, to increase in His remembrance. Especially now that we are only a few days away from Dhul Hijjah entering upon us. When we look at the meaning of this dua, Allah says, فَمِنَ nas, مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمَا لَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ Allah speaks about the perspectives of different people that we have as human beings. And He says there are those people from mankind that all they are ever focused with is this dunya. They say, oh Allah, give us in this dunya and they pay no attention to the akhirah. May Allah protect us. وَمِنْهُمْ And from mankind are those people that have the right perspective. They have that right balance. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنًا وَقِنَا أَذَابَ النَّارِ And from mankind are those that say, Oh Allah, give us goodness in this life and give us goodness in the next life and protect us from the fire of hell. أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ نَسِيبُ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا وَاللَّهُ سَرِيءُ الْحِسَابِ Each group will have that which they want. And Allah is swift in reckoning. One of the key themes that we learn from this dua, my brothers and sisters, is that the believer with correct iman, he has the right balance. He wants that hasana, that goodness in this life. He wants to live a halal life. He wants financial stability. He wants to be healthy. He wants to have a good family. He wants a secure job and career. We want crime-free areas. We want areas that are clean. Something that we seem to be really struggling with. Allah al-Musta'an. However, 
the believer, he does not jeopardize his akhirah for this dunya. Because he knows Allah's pleasure comes before everything. And I'm not going to sacrifice Allah being pleased with me and sacrifice that blessing of guidance that he has bestowed upon me. I'm not going to sacrifice that to attain something from this dunya in a way which is displeasing to Allah. And even when it comes to us through halal means, we understand this is an, this is an opportunity to draw closer to Allah. And not to become, not to start clinging to this dunya like there's no akhirah. The believer understands that Allah has set guidance for us in everything that we do. How we attain this dunya, the attitude and the mentality that we have once we have it. How to spend it. What this dunya actually means. That hasana in this dunya is not just about money. It's about the mentality, having good character, having a positive influence on yourself, on your family, on your children, on your spouses, in your community. And anytime the shaitan comes to us and says, leave off Allah's guidance, there's another way, there's something better. We know this is just one of his tricks and his plots to send us astray, to end up in the pits of the fire of hell. Just the way he tried to send astray our forefather Adam alayhi salam by eating from that tree. And the believer understands whosoever gives precedence to something over Allah and he sacrifices his relationship with Allah for something from this dunya, Allah will leave him to that. He will leave him to that. And that thing there will be the cause of our misery. The barakah and the blessings will be taken away. It will go from a blessing and it will be turned into a punishment. Because we are here to dedicate our lives to Allah's worship. The believer takes every breath trying to draw closer to his Lord and prepare for his akhirah. The Prophet tells us about the attitude that we're supposed to have and the balance that we're supposed to have. But he says, Man kanat dunya hammahu. Pay attention to this amazing hadith. Man kanat dunya hammahu. Whosoever makes this dunya his be all and his end all, this is all he ever focuses on. He does not care about how it comes, he does not care about his akhirah. Farraqallahu alayhi amrahu. Allah will scatter his affairs. Nothing will seem to come together. There will be no blessings or any barakah in that. Allah will place poverty between his eyes. Meaning all he will see is poverty. He's never going to be satisfied and fulfilled. No matter what he attains. No matter how much Allah bestows upon him. He's going to want more and more and more. وَلَمْ يَأْتِهِ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَا قَدْ كُتِبَ And nothing comes, is going to come to us from this dunya except, except that which Allah has already decreed. Prophet tells us in the same hadith about the opposite perspective. But he says, 
And whoever makes the akhirah his intention, the akhirah is his niyyah, that's his intention, that's his goal. But he has a balance whilst he is here. Jama Allahu lahu amrahu. Allah will gather his affairs together, meaning he'll put blessing in those affairs. It'll become easy. He'll find contentment. And Allah will not just place wealth in his hands, but he will place wealth in his heart. Where he is grateful and he is satisfied and he finds peace and tranquility, irregardless about how much he earns and what he attains from this dunya. And the dunya will come to him. The dunya will come to him in a humble state. Meaning it'll come to him easily. But he will be amazed how easy this dunya is coming to him. Because the foundations are right. His relationship with Allah is correct. He understands the balance he is supposed to have. And if you want to know about the attitude and the mindset that the Salaf had for this dunya, then we look at the story of Salim ibn Abdullah. Salim ibn Abdullah, one of the great seven tabi'een, uh, one of the great fuqaha of al-Madina from the tabi'een. His father was the noble companion, Abdullah bin Umar, whose father was the great khalifa of Islam, Umar bin Khattab. May Allah be pleased with them all. Salim ibn Abdullah, he is sitting one day in the haram in Mecca. May Allah reunite us there and enable us to go back and visit his sacred and blessed house. And may he forgive us for our shortcomings and our mistakes. Salim ibn Abdullah, he is sitting in the haram. And the khalifa of that time comes to him. The most powerful man at that time in the world comes to him. And he hears that Salim ibn Abdullah is there. The Khalifa Hisham ibn Abdul Malik. He comes to him and he's amazed that he has met this great scholar. And he says, oh Salim, is there something that I can give you from this dunya? You have dedicated your life to Allah's deen. Is there something that I can give you from this dunya? An amount of wealth a position, status, intercession. Salim responded, how is it possible that I am sitting in the house of Allah and I am going to ask other than him for something? How is that possible? Hisham was amazed at this answer. So he waits for him outside of the haram. And he says, Oh Salim, now we have left the haram. Is there something that I can do for you now? Something from this dunya? Amount of wealth, position, status. The most powerful man in the world at that time. Salim asks him, is it something from this dunya or something from the akhirah? Hisham responds, of course from this dunya. The akhirah belongs to Allah. Salim responds, as for this dunya... It belongs to Allah and Allah alone. And I have not asked him for this dunya. Because it is worthless to him. How am I going to ask you? That was the attitude that the Salaf had 
and the companions and their children and the next generations had towards this dunya. Now that doesn't mean that we turn away from our dunya completely. It doesn't mean that. Like I mentioned, we want to have financial stability. We want to have a balance in our lives. We want to build something for ourselves. We want to live in crime-free areas. We want to deal with this problem of littering and rubbish. Something that should make us feel ashamed. Because these are areas that are, we are the majority. Something which we should make us all feel ashamed. And subhanallah, we think that we're going to alleviate the oppression in Palestine and Uyghur and all the other places. And we are still struggling in learning how to dispose of our litter. Subhanallah. Shows you the state of where we are as a community and as an ummah. May Allah forgive us and make easy the affairs of all those that are suffering. My brothers and sisters, one of the most important parts of this dua is asking Allah for hasana. What does that word hasana actually mean? Hasana is a very subjective term. It's very comprehensive. It can mean many different things. It goes back down to any goodness that you have in your life. Any goodness that you are looking for. It could be a job. It could be a cure for an illness. May Allah cure our sick. It could be being blessed with a righteous spouse. It could be being blessed with children. But most importantly, Hasana is speaking about attaining Allah's pleasure in this life so that we can also have it in the next life as well. And when we as Muslims, when we have our hearts set on something, I want this job, I want this car, I want this house, whatever it may be, and Allah does not give that to us, we are grateful to Allah for not giving us that. Because he has protected us from some evil that which we are too ignorant to comprehend and understand. In his infinite wisdom and his infinite mercy, he has protected us from something which is going to cause us harm and misery. But we do not know. So when Allah replaces that with something better and he prevents us from going down that road, we are grateful to Allah. And we do not become like the shaitan and say, why? Why did you not give me this? I would have made it work. I would have done this. I would have done that. No. Allah knows and we do not know. This is why when we want something, we ask Allah, Oh Allah, if it's good for me in this life, and it's good for me in the next life, then place blessing in it and bless me with it. However, if it's going to cause me harm in this life, and cause me harm in the next life, then replace it with something which is better. This is the attitude that we are to have in anything that we desire as Muslims. So when it comes to the hasana of this dunya, it's speaking about many, many different things. As for the hasana in the akhirah, then it's speaking about being in the highest parts of paradise, seeking Allah's pleasure and blessings in Jannah. But to attain that, we have to live a life of sacrifice and resilience against our whims and desires in this dunya. It's asking to be in the highest parts of paradise, 
with the prophets and the messengers and the best of company. Our brothers and sisters, we know that risk is important. Sustenance. However, risk is of different types. The greatest form of risk is our iman. That's the greatest blessing and sustenance you're ever going to attain in this dunya. And just ponder and reflect for a moment and ask yourself, how much effort am I making when it comes to attaining my risk of this dunya? Rightfully so, we should all be making effort. But how does that compare with the risk, the, the effort that I'm making for my risk of the akhirah and my deen and my relationship with Allah? How do the two compare? How can I add more effort? What do I need to do to draw closer to Allah and, and realign my vision? Especially now, over the weekend, we're going to be entering the 10 most important days of the entire year. The first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, which the Prophet tells us about, that these days, the righteous deed, doing good deeds and getting closer to Allah, is more beloved in these 10 days than any other time of the year. So it's a time where we all have to increase in our ibadah and our worship. We all have to increase in, in our ibadah and our worship, just the way we did in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. We all have to make an extra effort in this time, my brothers and sisters. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد عليه أفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم. What is the connection between this dua and hajj? This dua has a very important connection to hajj and Dhul Hijjah. Because when Allah mentions it in the Quran, it's in the context and in the verses of hajj. Where he starts off the passage with Al-Hajju Ashuru Ma'lumat. So it has a direct connection to that. This is a dua that we recite when we are making tawaf around the Kaaba as well. But something that I'd like to bring to your attention when speaking about this dua, Allah says, فَإِذَا كَدَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَذِكْرِكُمْ آبَاءَكُمْ أَوْ أَشَدَّ ذِكْرًا When you have finished performing hajj and you have fulfilled your rights of hajj, then increase in your remembrance of Allah. Like never before, more than you remember your forefathers or anything else in existence. This is a time to dedicate your time and energy and effort to Allah's remembrance. But if we look at what's happening here, subhanAllah, the people have just finished Hajj. Their sins have been forgiven. The day of Arafah is finished. They are the most closest to Allah. Born again. Allah is saying, increase in your remembrance to Allah. What do we learn from this? We learn whenever we do a righteous deed, we are grateful to Allah, we are humbled, and we are overwhelmed by the guidance. We are not proud, we are not arrogant, we don't look down on others. However, we do not feel complacent as well. We do not say, that's it. I've done a righteous deed, I don't need to add to that. No. Always add to a righteous deed that you're doing. 
You finished Hajj, then the dhikr starts, the takbirat. We've performed Jummah now. We are grateful to Allah that He has honored us to worship Him in, in our community. However, that does not mean our deeds are finished for the day or even the week. No. There's time to do more righteous deeds. Pray your sunnah afterwards. Do your dhikr afterwards. Give something in sadaqah. That time of dua being accepted, the last hour of Jummah, as some have said, don't ever feel complacent after doing a righteous deed. Increase in that. This is just some thoughts that I wanted to share with you brothers and sisters here today. Surely Allah knows best. We ask Allah to give us goodness in this life and the next life and to protect us from the fire of hell. We ask Allah to guide us and our families to his straight path. That he forgives us our sins and our shortcomings and our blessings. That he enables us to go back and visit his house and to perform hajj and umrah many times. That he forgives us our sins. That he gives us his blessings in this life and the next life. And he protects us from the fire of hell. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد أقيموا الصلاة يرحمكم الله This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.